So um, we've been married for six months, and thanks, Case. All right. Hey, now y'all can hear me. All right. Yeah, so Ashley and I have been married for six months, um, and so we don't have any kids because math. Um, but these are our animals, uh, Maggie and Alistair. Um, they are not our children, but we love them a lot. Um, and this is us just kind of, oh yeah, Maggie's the dog, Alistair's the cat. They love each other. It's adorable. Um, and here's us going for a walk one day. Yeah. Alistair likes to come with us. Yeah, actual footage of a day in my life. Um, he's gotten a little bigger now, so he doesn't like the the harness as much. But I posted this on Instagram, and it's like the most people talking to me about a video I've posted in real life, like ever. Like I posted a picture I got married. They're like, "Oh, that's great." I posted a cat walking on a leash. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, your cat was walking on a leash." I'm like, "Yes, it's kind of cool." Um, but Ashley and I uh, took them to PetSmart the other day because they let you like bring animals in PetSmart because they want you to buy stuff for your animals. And um, I walk around the corner and this guy sees me um, with my cat on a leash and he looks at me and he looks at the cat and um, he, he says something to me um, that isn't worth repeating because it wasn't encouraging like the other people that had seen this video on Instagram. And I don't know if y'all have had that moment where someone says something to you. Maybe they're a stranger. Maybe there's someone you know where you're just like, whoa, like, I don't even know you. Why did you say that to me? Um, but I had one of those moments. And um, I tell you that this morning because I feel like we all have those moments, not just on the receiving end, but we all have those moments where we want to like put our foot in our mouth about something that we've said. And maybe that's what that guy thinks, hopefully. Um, but even if he doesn't, we all have those moments. Um, and so we need to be wise with our words. We all need wisdom with the words that we say. And the truth is, you know, we, we all want to live with fewer regrets. And we want to live, you know, liking the things we say to people. And the book of Proverbs has given us guidance for pretty much every season of life. And um, it, it's really incredible because we can trust what God says in, a, in his word because we know that he has our best interests at heart. And uh, the truth is, I've, I think this time in this social media age that we live in is kind of a unique time um, where people can just really cut each other down without even having to look one another in the eyes. And we see celebrities and people that we look up to just getting into fights with words on Twitter and on the internet. And um, like, I don't think there's really been any time in human history where people can take back the words that they say. Um, but I feel like now, maybe again, even more than ever, um, things that people say, they get recorded or you post something, but you decide, oh, I should have not said that. So you take it down, but someone screenshotted it. And the things that you say can just come back and haunt you over and over and over again. And so now again, now more than ever, we really need wisdom on how we use our words and how we communicate with one another. And so really kind of the first thing that we need to do if we want to be wise with words, is to recognize something about them. But before I get there, I feel the need to give a disclaimer to you guys. Um, because I'm going to talk about how to use our words and things to say and things we shouldn't say. And I just need to tell you right from the beginning um, that I am not perfect at this. I'm not anywhere near perfect at this. So if you see me after this and you're like, wait, that guy just complained. He told me not to complain. Um, please have grace with me. I'll have grace with you and we can learn to be wise together. 
Okay, so I'm just going to give you that disclaimer before we jump in. But the first thing we need to acknowledge if we want to be wise with our words is that words bring harm or healing. Your words have great power and they have power for harm or healing. Look at what Proverbs 12:18 says. Proverbs 12:18 speaking recklessly is like the thrusts of a sword, but the words of the wise bring healing. So I want to try something with you guys real quick. Make sure y'all are awake. Um, I'm going to say the first half of this saying um, that I've heard in our culture a lot growing up, and I want to see if y'all know the second half of it. Okay, ready? Think you can do this? I, I heard you do it for Wes, so I know you can do it. Okay, so the saying is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Great. I had to add but words, so no one's saying Rihanna in church. Um, but that, it's a nice saying. It's got a nice sentiment that we should, we should like take words in stride. You know, we don't want words to, to hurt us. We just kind of want to, it's like, it's, you can just shake it off like Taylor Swift, you know, don't let words hurt you. Um, keep moving. Uh, but Proverbs really disagree with um, that saying. It's just really not, not true when we compare it to scripture. Let's look at twelve eighteen again. It says, speaking recklessly is like the thrusts of a sword. I don't know about you, but I think being have a sword thrusted at me would not, not be the most painless thing that I can just kind of shake off. I think a more accurate rendering of that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words feel like a knife to the heart or a dagger in the back. Your words have power to cut people down, and the, the effects, the sting of that can last a lot longer than it would take from a bruise from a rock that you threw at them to fade. They can stick around for a long, long time. And so Proverbs 18:21 kind of puts it even more intensely. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Thanks, Proverbs. That's super intense. Um, but it's, it's true. We have this incredible, incredible power to our words, and it can be used um, poorly, just like this. This year's edition of Hey Jimmy Kimmel, I told my kids I ate all their Halloween candy. I ate all your candy. I'm the police. Last night... I got hungry, and I ate all of your Halloween candy. Yikes, right? (laughs) I don't know if you caught what she said. She said, we hate you, and we don't want to live with you anymore. Um, I don't know about you, but if if you said that to your roommates, they'd be like, "Uh, well, there's the door. Good luck getting out of your lease. Like, it, it wouldn't go well. It wouldn't go well with you. Um, but words, words have incredible power to cut down. And it was kind of a, it's kind of a funny example with the guy in PetSmart because I don't really know him, so it didn't really hurt that badly. But a lot of the times, um, the cuts from words that go the deepest are from people that you know and you love and you care about. And that's why it really hurts. Um, chances are, if you think back at some of the times in your life when you've been in the most pain from another person, it's because someone you really cared about said something you really wish they didn't say. Um, and so our words, um, also have the power to bring healing, which is the good news. That's why I really like Proverbs twelve eighteen, because it starts with this, this destructive power of our words being like thrusts of a sword. Uh, but it ends, it ends with hope, but the words of the wise bring healing. Kind of like this. I ate all of your candy. I'm sorry. You're just joking. 
You didn't eat them all, Katie. I did. I was really hungry. Well, some of them. I know, but I was really hungry, and I didn't have any other food. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, you should eat something funny from in here. Oh, I'm really sorry. Me too. Mommy, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. It's okay. That's adorable, right? That, that is a wise, that is a wise, wise kid right there, right? And, and so our words, our words have the power to bring hurt or healing, right? And so they, you can kind of see the mom kind of went about it a better way than some of the other parents did. So there was kind of some wisdom on her part too. She kept saying, well, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, and really, if, we want, if you want your words to bring healing, I'm sorry is a good first step. Um, but I would say if you want your words to bring healing and not just like a Band-Aid, it, it doesn't really go far enough. Um, if you want your words to bring healing, the words you need are, I, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me are the words that you can use to actually bring about healing and cover up these past, um, or try to, try to reconcile these past wounds that you've caused another person. Um, because the truth is, we, we've all said stuff to other people that we wish we could take back, that we didn't really mean, and um, we need to ask for forgiveness about. Um, so, the one seeking healing and reconciliation asks for forgiveness because words bring harm or healing. So are you reckless with your words? Do you speak your mind or do you, do you think about what you say before you say it? If you're someone who says, um, I don't have a filter, I probably said that before. If you're like, oh, I don't really have a filter. My filter's not on right now. Um, it's time to get one. Like we're, we're adults in here. Um, you've gone 18 years or more. Um, it's time to get a filter, so invest in one. Um, <laughs> and I've also noticed that we kind of have this cultural value that's gotten, um, I've seen it more and more as years go on, where people say, oh, I'm just being real, but, and then they say something. And um, sometimes you can be, be real and it's okay. Um, but a lot of times I've heard people use that. They say, I'm just being real, but, and they use it as an excuse to be a real jerk. Um, and so it, it's not fake. To, to think about what you say before you say it. It's actually what the Bible calls wisdom, to stop and to think and to evaluate what you say and say, will this harm another person if I say this? So who in your life do you need to ask for forgiveness because of things that you've said? Because we've all, we've all said things. Let's just be real. There you go. <laughs> we've all said things that we, that we wish we didn't. Um, and we all have people in our lives that we could ask for forgiveness because... Chances are, pretty much in every conflict I've been in, and so pretty much, unless it's a really extreme circumstance, you and the other person both have something that you need to ask for forgiveness about, right? Unless it's like, you might, you might think it's, well, it's like 90% them and like 10% me, um, but chances are they might, they might feel the same way about it. Um, so just go ahead and, and think about that person that you can ask for forgiveness um, for things that you've said and then make a plan to ask them sometime this week. And so once we acknowledge that words bring harm or healing, we need to decide to trade complaining for encouraging. Trade complaining for encouraging. 
And this is what Proverbs 12:25 says. It says, "Anxiety in a person's heart weighs him down, but an encouraging word brings him joy." And uh, I don't know about you, but there are several things that can get me weighed down with anxiety. Probably at the top of that list for me is when I start to think about all the things that I need to do. And I list them off and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't done that yet either. And I just get this big list in my head that I keep stacking things on. And then once I do that, I think about, oh, well, here's how little time I have to do that. And then I'm like, oh, well, I have all all these things to do this little time and I have all these other things I'd rather do instead. And um, it just gets me in this anxious spiral. And then um, I give a voice to it by complaining. And um, we can complain because of these anxieties. Um, I want to I call our point attention to um, the end of each of these lines. So this is Proverbs. So it's the Old Testament. Uh, so it was written in Hebrew. And you can see in this line, the, the weighs him down. It's kind of hard to see in red. Weighs him down or brings him joy. And each of those little red phrases are one word in Hebrew. They kind of have a similar ending to them. And um, it's a pun going on to show this extreme conflict or this extreme contrast between these two states of being. One of being weighed down versus brought joy. And if you look at the verse, there's, there's something that gets a person to transition from that weighed down state to that high joyful state. And what is it? It's, it's encouraging words. It's encouraging words that can be an antidote um, to anxiety and to get us to feeling joy. They make a big difference. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4.29 puts it this way. He says, You must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building up of the one in need, that it would, be, that it would give grace to those who hear. When I think about complaining and, and if I complain, um, it's, it's never beneficial it never builds anybody up, and it never gives grace to anybody. It's just me venting and just saying stuff, um, and it, it's, not, it's not beneficial, ever. Um, encouraging, on the other hand, encouraging is always beneficial, giving encouragement to another person. It, it always builds them up, and it always gives grace to the people that hear. So it's an extreme contrast between the two kinds of things that we talk about. Um, Paul puts it even clearer in another verse in Philippians. In Philippians um, 2.14, the Apostle Paul says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. (sighs) Everything? Like everything, everything? Like, that seems hard. That seems really hard. And that's a complaint, I think. So, um, everything. Yeah. What about, what about venting? What if I just want to vent to somebody? Well, am I, am I asking it because I want them to pray for me or I want advice or do I just want to put negativity into the world? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. And that's, again, that's something I'm guilty of. That's something we are all guilty of. Um, I, I use, I don't know if you do this too, sometimes if I complain, it's giving a voice um, to my anxieties, but a lot of the time it's just a filler. You know, like, I'm in a conversation, and it kind of goes quiet, and there's a couple people in the circle, so I'm like, uh, I'm tired, or, oh, I'm busy, you know, say something like that, or some variation of it, and um, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so busy, too, I'm so tired, too, and it's like, we, we just complain, and it gives us something to talk about, because it's relatable, you know, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't build up, it doesn't encourage, it's not giving grace to the people who hear, so let us trade complaining for encouraging.
So do you complain more than you build others up? How often do you speak encouraging words to others? Do people leave conversations with you feeling better or not? And so as you kind of think through that, um, I have a challenge for me and for you and for all of us. um, And that is to take today and to decide for the rest of today, I'm not going to complain at all. Or at least I'm going to try not to, right? We probably won't be perfect at it, but I'm going, to, I'm going to intentionally try to not complain for the rest of the day. I want you to challenge yourself with that for today at minimum. Um, I'm going to try to do it for this week, and I'd, I'd like to ask y'all to join me in this week. Let's try not to complain at all, and at least like make a mental note of it if we do. Um, and if you're like, well, what do I talk about? If I don't complain, <laughs> what am I going to say to other humans, right? Like, how am I going to be relatable? Um, I think we should, we should look, instead of just taking away complaining, let's look in those conversations when it goes quiet and you're trying to figure out, look for something to encourage in somebody. What can you compliment? What can you say that you're grateful for about them? Like, look in each, so the second challenge, this might be a little harder, I don't know. The first one sounds pretty hard, but if we, if we look at these, each conversation, each interaction we have with another person, we're like, what is one thing I can encourage about this person? before this interaction ends. And then you'll have something to replace. Not only take away the complaining, but to replace it with something better. Trade complaining for encouraging. And so if we want to be wise with our words, there's one more thing that um, I found as a theme in Proverbs that we should do, and that is to choose quality over quantity. Choose quality over quantity. And so this one says... um, in Proverbs ten nineteen and 20, when words abound, transgression is inevitable, but the one who restrains his words is wise. What the righteous say is like the best silver, but what the wicked think is of little value. So I, I don't know, I kind of see, I think we can be kind of both. <laughs> I think we can we're all, we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So we all have a little bit of wicked thoughts in us, right? I mean, it's kind of put extremely like, ugh, I don't want to claim that. But like, I think we do. Um, and so the difference between being someone who has um, these wicked thoughts that are of little value and someone who is righteous and what you say being like the best silver is that your words are restrained. And so I feel like this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, I have another kind of have saying for you guys that you might have heard. And it's we have two ears and one mouth to listen twice as much as you speak. I don't know if you've heard that one as much. Um, it's, it's not word for word in the Bible, but I think a lot of the things we're going to look at in, in this passage, um, in these passages that I found, really, really speak to that. That Proverbs is saying, um, if we want, I mean, look at what it says right here. If we want to avoid transgressions, we should just talk less. Like, what? <laughs> just talk less? And uh, don't, don't worry, the, the irony um, is not lost on me that the guy up here talking for 30 minutes straight is the one telling you to talk less. I get it. It's ironic. Um, but if we want to be wise, we need to restrain our words and filter what we're going to say before we say it. Where it says, uh, restrains his words in Hebrew, um, it's, it's literally to restrain your lips. It's God very nicely telling us to keep our mouth shut. Um, it, it's kind of like, how many of y'all watched Bambi growing up? Bambi? Yeah. Yeah, my mom like took notes in that movie. She had us, she had us repeat, um, you remember Thumper, the little rabbit? How he would, he had some wise sayings. Yeah, she like took those up and she repeated them back to us. One of them 
um, was this one right here. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Yep. Yep, I got that one a lot. Um, and that, that's I, we kind of felt like, like Thumper there. It's like, oh, Mom would be like, if you can't say something nice, we'd be like, don't say anything at all. And, you know, it was kind of annoying as a little kid. But now I'm like, man, that, that, was, that was wisdom. That unlike kind of the sticks and stones things, which Proverbs tells us the opposite of that. Um, this one is like actually found in Scripture several times. Look at what it says um, in Proverbs 13.3. It says, the one who guards his words guards his life, but whoever is talkative comes to ruin. I'm like, dang, I think talkative is kind of like a positive thing, um, typically. And so I looked up what kind of what the Hebrew was on NetBible, and um, it's, it's actually, um, it opens wide his lips is the actual Hebrew idiom. Um, so it's like a person who's going like, on and on and on, kind of like I'm doing right now. So I'm going to keep going. Um, Proverbs 17, 28. It says, even a fool who remains silent is considered wise, and the one who holds his tongue is deemed discerning. And again, in Proverbs 21, 23, the one who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his life from troubles. And so if we don't know what to say, and we can't think of a way to be encouraging. The wisdom that Proverbs gives us, that God gives us through the book of Proverbs, is to just not talk. It's far better than complaining, and people will think you wise if you've thought over what you say. It will help you guard your life from trouble. And so, it's not always like either or. Um, there are a few circumstances where sometimes saying nothing could actually be the most encouraging thing that you could say. Um, I don't know if you can think of any instances where that would be true, where it's not only like saying nothing or saying something encouraging, but they could actually be the same thing. Um, I have a friend, um, his name is Will, and I I met him in Alpha Rubin 2015, whoop, before any of y'all were in college, and um, I was his counselor that year, and I met him, and he's, he was the, the kind of impact freshman that, you know, all good impact counselors pray for, where he, like, he went to the Bible study that I went to once he got out of it, and then I led a Bible study, and he came, and he was there every week, and he led it after I graduated for two years. He faithfully continued to lead that group, and when I, I went to East Asia, um, and I challenged so many people, like, hey, come with me to East Asia. Like, we are going to share the gospel with people on the other side of the world, and he was one of the few people that were like, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you to that. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm telling you about Will, well, he also, he also became um, one of my groomsmen. Um, we're good friends still. And um, so Will, in kind of Christian circles, sometimes you have these like moments of encouragement. Um, we had two that we were a part of. Um, one was when we were in that Bible study his freshman year, and another kind of like encouragement time where we got to encourage one another was um, in, on the mission trip, uh, his senior year of college. And um, so both times... Um, I remember every word that uh, Will said to me when he gave me encouragement. He said the same thing both times, and it was the most encouraging thing anyone said, and it was absolutely nothing. He said nothing. Like, we had a timer. It's like, hey, get 30 seconds, ready, go, and the 30 seconds went off, and Will had still said nothing to encourage me. Um, And you're like, why is that encouraging? Um, And the reason is because when it became his time to give me encouragement, um, he just cried. 
He looked at me and he cried. And so, of course, I cried too. And so we're like, we're hugging. It's like, oh, it's okay. And um, it wasn't just like a, oh, I, I don't have the words to express. He literally just didn't have the words to express it. And that has encouraged me so much um, as I continue to do ministry. And like, I, I see that I look back and I'm like, is what I'm doing even matter? And I look back at those moments with Will and I'm like, this, this, this matters. As I'm following Jesus and encouraging other people to do the same thing. This really matters. And I kind of point back to those moments to know like what, what we do when we encourage other people to follow Jesus really does make a difference in our lives and in theirs. Um, so yeah, so choose as you think about your words. Choose quality over quantity. So more convicting questions by Austin. Um, do you speak more than you listen? Or do you listen more than you speak? Because the goal is to, to listen more than you speak. So ask the Lord today to give you discernment and compassion and restraint and humility in each of the conversations that you have today and this week so that you will build people up and give grace to those who hear. Or don't say nothing at all. <laughs> as if we would take the wisdom of a cartoon rabbit. Um, so as you're going about this week and you're trying not to complain and you're trying to encourage, think about those conversations afterward and be like, how could I have asked better questions of people? How could I better listen instead of just talk? How can I, how can I better build people up and encourage them and not offer complaints? And so again, we've all had moments like that guy in PetSmart where we'd rather not repeat. At least, you know, we hope he wouldn't. Um, and all of us who desire to grow in our walk with the Lord, we need to be wise with our words because words bring harm or healing. So as you go about your week, are you reckless with your words? Do, do you say things that you regret? Do you have a filter? Do you use the, you know, the example, I'm just trying to be real, but, and then you vent about someone. Um, words bring harm or healing. So who do you need to ask for forgiveness for things that you've said? We all do. We all have people we've hurt with our words. No one's innocent there. So who is it for you? And when this week, can you have a conversation with them? Also, we need to trade complaining for encouraging. Because complaining never builds up, you know, all those things we saw in Ephesians 4.29. But encouraging does all of those things. It builds people up. It gives grace to those who hear. So trade complaining for encouraging. Do you, do you, which do you do more? And finally, um, choose quality over quantity when it comes with your words. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything all. Thank you, Thumper. And, um, and actually put that into play. And so I, I know um, if, you're, if you're like me, uh, you realize that this um, was kind of a lot. <laughs> we all have a lot of room to grow with the way that we use our words. At least you do if you're anything like me. Um, and so I wanted to end with some encouragement that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we can just accept that. We can own up to it. And we can move forward and try to be wise together. But don't get anxious about it. Because... Because the word of God, who is God and was God and was with God in the beginning, God himself, Jesus Christ, put on flesh. And the word of God became man and he lived the life that you and I cannot live. He used his words appropriately. He didn't cut people down. He didn't complain, but he encouraged. He encouraged and he loved people well, not just in words, but in actions. And the world killed him for it. He was rejected. Um, and he died as he was crucified. For you and for me, he experienced the separation from God that we deserve. 
But three days later, he rose again victorious, defeating sin and death and all of the evil in the world for anyone who would accept a free gift of grace and just receive what he's done from him. And so Proverbs uh, says over and over and over again that the, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord, a love and respect of the Lord. Um, so if you haven't started a relationship uh, with our Lord Jesus, uh, start there. Um, ask him to forgive you. We've all fallen short and, and tell him that you accept this, this gift of grace that he offers to have an eternal relationship with God that starts now. I mean, if that's something you've already done, um, then my encouragement is just, just be, be reminded that we have a God who doesn't, doesn't ask us to do all these things, to have all our words and actions in order before we come to him. But he came to us and he loves us and he accepts us as we are. Not that we would stay the same, but that we would improve and we would show how much we love him by loving other people well. So let's pray to him together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you that you, you give us instructions in your word about how to use our words because we, we kind of mess it up a lot of the times if we're being honest with ourselves. And so, God, we pray that you would help us be people who encourage, be people who build up and be people who do not complain, but who love you and love other people well. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, that you love us so much that you would die for us and that you would accept us as we are and hope that we would, that we would love you and love others better. We thank you for this morning and we pray that you would help us experience you in worship in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.